It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, welcome to a special edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. So it's a good thing I waited until Friday night to record this because I was busy doing other things, but because the news just simply will not stop. Uh, The Redskins continue to churn out news items. There's news all around the NFL, a former Redskin in hot water, uh, and unfortunately, a part of the Redskins legend and lore and past passing away. So we have all of that covered for you. We're going to try and go as quickly as we possibly can uh, because I want to get this up and out so that you guys can listen to it as quickly as we possibly can. So the Redskins announced their preseason schedule on Friday afternoon for 2020, assuming, assuming that we actually play preseason games. And there is word from the NFL on teams being allowed into their buildings. We'll have that for you as well. So the four-game preseason schedule, assuming everything goes okay, um, starts off with a Saturday afternoon game against the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field. A Saturday afternoon soiree. I believe it's a 2 o'clock kickoff against the Tennessee Titans um, on Saturday, August 15th at FedEx Field, which is kind of weird, right? Uh, I mean, 2 o'clock, usually you don't see that in the preseason. The Redskins have opened up on a Thursday night in the preseason for as long as I can remember. I think there was one year, there was definitely one year under Mike Shanahan, uh, that it was a Friday night, maybe one year under Jay Gruden that it was a Friday night, but they almost always play that first Thursday night, which means that training camp can't start until two weeks before. So August 1st would be the date for the first preseason practice or training camp practice, I should say, uh, at, well, we don't know, at the Redskins training facility in Ashburn or Maybe still in Richmond. We don't know. We don't know. But they'll start at 2 o'clock against uh, presumably Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill won't play. Tennessee Titans made a strong push into the playoffs last year uh, and into the AFC Championship game. They, of course, are coached by Mike Vrabel. And it also means that my pal Jim Haslett is coming back. That's right. Jim Haslett is basically like the defensive coordinator there, although that's not his title. He's the linebackers coach. Vrabel is technically running the defense, but Hazlitt is his right-hand man. And Hazlitt drafted Vrabel uh, back in New Orleans. So they've been you know buddies for a long time. So this is going to be good for Jim. Uh, and I'm really happy he's got this opportunity with the team that you know, has a chance to win, quite honestly. So the Tennessee Titans, 2 o'clock, August 15th, the preseason opener. Then the Redskins go about 10 days in between games, all the way to August 24th 
at the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. Right? They get a primetime Monday night game. How about that, huh? Who says the Redskins are not shut out of primetime games and Monday night football, huh? ESPN, Monday night, August 24th at 8 o'clock. So that's interesting, right? Because they played in a couple of Monday night preseason games over the years, and, you know, it's harmless. Nobody's really watching. Um, So I guess if you're going to hide the Redskins, that's a good spot to hide them. And I guess if you're ESPN, you kind of think, well, Dwayne Haskins is probably going to get a good chance to play. There'll be some intrigue there um, as to how he looks and how they're doing and so on and so forth. Uh, So you have that. And then just five days later, August 29th, they're back on the road against Jay Gruden and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Jay Gruden is just the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. Uh, That's a 7 o'clock kick. But a chance to meet up with their former head coach uh, down in Jacksonville. Now, what's weird is, again, this being the third preseason game, right? Normally, teams prepare the most for this particular preseason game. And normally, you have kind of a... uh, like a, a different schedule, right? Where you don't have the quick turnaround. So they're going to play Monday, August 24th in Indianapolis. Travel home, have Tuesday, August 25th off the players, meaning the coaches obviously at work. And then they'll practice on Wednesday, August 26th, Thursday, August 27th, and then Friday, August 28th, They'll have to travel down there. I assume they'll have a practice in the morning uh, or, 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 or sometime, uh, and they'll actually be able to get three days of practice in uh, before the game, but that's usually a walkthrough day, like even in training camp, right? So, you know, because you have to give them the day off after the Monday night, August 24th game, and because they're not going to come back onto the field until – Wednesday the 26th, again, you would go Wednesday the 26th, Thursday the 27th, Friday the 28th, but the game being on Saturday the 29th down in Jacksonville, again, it'll be interesting to see how Ron Rivera kind of does that and how he kind of, you know, goes and approaches that particular week with that quick, short turnaround. Uh, Again, they might not even have three full practices. Maybe that's not the worst thing in the world, depending on how everything else goes in and around that. But with no off-season program or no actual real off-season program, it's a little bit of an issue. I think it's um, a little bit of a challenge, quite honestly. And then they finish up the preseason September the 3rd uh, against the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field at home. Listen, um, again, I, I look at, kind of scheduling as being always a problem uh, and quick turnarounds and short, you know, we should not be surprised in any sort of way that the NFL screwed the Redskins in terms of a short turnaround here. (laughs) Right. I mean, this is not, this is not a surprise, but some familiar faces um, in Jay and Chris Thompson, Jim Hazlitt, um, I guess a couple of good tests, you know, one good test on the road, one good test, uh, at home, I mean, Jacksonville's obviously an awful uh, football team or expected to be an awful football team. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure that that's a test, but it's not exactly the greatest test in the world. Um, and then the Ravens, you know, which pretty much we assume 
nobody will pretty much play in that game or nobody important will play in that game. All right, so that's the Redskins 2020 preseason schedule. Home for Tennessee, August the 15th, 2 o'clock on a Saturday. Monday night football, 8 o'clock, August the 24th at Indianapolis on ESPN. Just a couple of days later, back on the road at Jacksonville, 7 o'clock on a Saturday night against Jay Gruden's uh, ball club, new ball club, and then home for the preseason finale Thursday, September 3rd against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and away we go. All right, coming up next, the NFL lifting the gates just a little bit and a sad goodbye. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. All right, guys, once again, it's Chris Russell here for our friends at Built Bar. That's right. We've been telling you about them for well over a week now, and they remain awesome, just like they were last week. Trust me on this, guys. The box just arrived. So we got a sample pack of 10 Built Bars, and I love peanut butter and chocolate. My daughter loves mint and chocolate, so I ordered a box of each after the variety pack of 10 came back and was gone in like two and a half days. So I ordered a box of each and here's what I did. I had no shipping and I saved $10 on my first order, just like you can by going to builtbar.com and using the promo code locked on. Trust me. It's easy. I did it. I, it worked and it got here in three days. Perfect. So here's the deal about a built bar. You combine the low calories High protein, low sugar, no crazy additives. If you compare it to the most popular men's bars, it's half the calories, seven times fewer the carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams. That's really important. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we're back with you on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. So the NFL sent out a memo late Friday afternoon outlining, talk about news dump, outlining to owners and team presidents the potential reopening of team facilities, uh, uh, you know, of course, dealing with the coronavirus uh, and impact and, and the current shutdown uh, of building. All right, so the NFL said in this particular release that this was a follow-up on his recent, uh, meaning Goodell's, recent memorandum uh, outlining a phased approach for opening up club facilities. He said, on May 6th, we provided all clubs with a set of protocol uh, that was uh, developed by the NFL lead physician. uh, And basically, they wanted all teams and all buildings to be safely kind of ramped up and implemented uh, so that it was consistent with health and public guidelines uh, and, you know, again, where every one of the current government regulations uh, was being met while also, also 
keeping in mind that the entire league, it's not just one individual entity, the entire league has to be kind of open at the same time. So here's what Roger Goodell said. Clubs may open their facilities beginning on May 19th if they are permitted to do so under governing state and local regulations. Now, it's interesting because as of right now, Northern Virginia is not, not open for business just yet. And it's not expected to be until May 29th. So, I don't know what they're going to do with the Washington Redskins as of this recording because it says they're eligible to open up facilities beginning on May 19th if they're permitted to do so under governing state and local regulations. So, again, Goodell says clubs unable to meet their criteria, these criteria that were distributed on May 6th, um, and meet them on May 19th, may reopen the facility on the earliest date thereafter on which they're able to meet the criteria and I guess fall in line with local and state governing regulations. So again, just because it says May 19th, I don't believe the Redskins are going to be able to do that based on what is going on in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, He also went on to say, that clubs may have no more than 50% of their staff in the facility and not to exceed 75 persons. And he said this is a total for all club locations. They said if a club wishes to deploy staff to more than one location, all locations will be expected to implement the same health and safety protocols. All right, so that makes sense. So again, they're limiting how many people can be in the building. Now, here's the real interesting one. No members of the coaching staff may return to the facility. He said, this is important to ensure equity among all 32 clubs. Goodell said clubs may otherwise decide which employees may return to the facility, which may include members of the personnel football operations or football administration staff, equipment staff, medical staff, nutritionists, and strength and conditioning. But, again, coaches cannot return. Furthermore, no players may be in the facility other than those currently undergoing medical treatment or rehabilitation because that's been allowed all along. I guess that means until May 9th or until everybody's compliant. And clubs must report any change in government regulations and any incidents of COVID-19 to Dr. Sills, again, the lead NFL physician, uh, and any changes in government regulation to the NFL front office. And they're calling it a first phase of reopening, uh, and it is demonstrating the ability to operate safely and effectively. Now, they say they're also going to continue to work with the NFLPA, medical teams, developing protocols that uh, could permit a certain number of players to return to club facilities as early as next month. We will keep all clubs available on that. So my understanding when I first read this was that players were going to be allowed back in. And that is not the case. If I'm reading this correct... It says clubs may have no more than 50% of staff in the facility. 
not to exceed 75 persons. So then they can't have coaches, which we clearly outlined. And then it says no players may be in the facility other than those currently undergoing medical treatment or rehabilitation, which is the same damn thing we've been dealing with. Only the building would be open. That's it. So really, this is not that big of a deal, quite honestly. It's just phase one of ramping things up, essentially. So everybody don't celebrate just yet. Even if the Redskins can't get in there until the end of May, it doesn't really affect them because players and coaches can't be in there anyway, and those are the ones that are most important. So, you know, quite honestly, this is kind of a weird deal. All right, so the other thing that we wanted to get to here, and we have full coverage um, at redskinsreport.com. This happened late on Thursday night. We found out that Pepper Rogers had passed away at the age of 88. You may not know the name Pepper Rogers, depending on how old you are. I didn't get to cover him, but Rick Snyder did. And he was around uh, as the Redskin, yeah, basically the executive vice president uh, from 2000 through 2004. And he was a player at Georgia Tech, won a national championship in 1950 through a 52 rather, uh, threw a touchdown pass, kicked a field goal. Uh, He was in the original uh, 12th round pick in 1954. The Baltimore uh, Colts was an Air Force pilot, became the quarterback coach at Florida where he worked and coached Steve Spurrier, uh, later on a USFL coach, a UCLA coach. Um, I think he was also at Kansas. Uh, And then again, joined the Redskins um, for a couple of years. And basically it was this weird deal as Rick kind of explains it between Terry Robisky and Ray Rhodes, you know, they were going to make him the, uh, the interim coach, but both coaches got upset uh, about it. So Snyder, Dan Snyder backed down Robisky, Terry Robisky took the interim job. Ray Rhodes didn't want it. And Pepper Rogers, I guess, joined Dan up in the, in the, in the, uh, in the owner's box, Uh, and that was it. And that was it. And apparently Pepper Rogers, a tremendous storyteller, uh, and just a funny guy. And as Rick says, uh, Rick Snyder, uh, at Redskins report says, quote, he was a funny guy who you'd love to have a few beers with after a round of golf. And he just said, you know, just wasn't the right choice for a head coach. Otherwise he maybe would have been a Redskins head coach. So, Sad to see that Pepper Rogers uh, passed away at the age of 88. All right, when we return and finish it up, Quentin Dunbar. Yikes. That's next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
All right, we're going to have to go quick here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast as we wrap it up. And and again, good thank goodness we waited until Friday night to record this because there's just been a ton of news on Friday and even into Friday evening. And so we're able to get you most everything, if not everything. Uh, so we found out late on Thursday night that former Redskins corner, Seattle Seahawks corner now, thank goodness, Quentin Dunbar and Giants corner DeAndre Baker were arrested uh, or had arrest warrants, I should say, issued for four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. The NFL said, quote, we are aware of the matter with no further comment at the time. Now, Dunbar's lawyer on Friday evening told media members that he has letters from the alleged victims saying that Dunbar was not involved. Quote, I can't believe Miramar, which is Miramar, Florida, it's South Florida. I can't believe Miramar PD did a virtual touchdown dance without investigating further, according to his agent, Michael Greco. So we'll have to see what happens in terms of the guilt. Innocence, I'm sure Quentin Dunbar will be exonerated in this. But that doesn't mean, A, he'll, he won't be suspended by the NFL, number one, if he's lucky enough to have these charges dropped or uh, not go to jail, however that works. That doesn't mean he won't be suspended by the NFL, number one. Number two, this is part of the reason why the Redskins got rid of him so quickly. And no, I'm not saying that Quentin Dunbar did anything criminally wrong uh, when he was a member of the Washington Redskins, as far as we know, he did not. However, there were concerns, even last year, about his mentality, about his feistiness, about his petulance, about his, um, you know, his combativeness, quite honestly. Um, and I didn't know Quentin that well because I, I wasn't on the beat consistently, Um but I've talked to him a number of times, and he seems like a fine guy. I, I don't really know him that well, though. Not like know him, know him. Others knew him better, and I'm telling you, I think they got him wrong, quite honestly. Uh, they, they would talk about him, you know, with reverence as this great guy. That's not what the Redskins thought. See, the Redskins had an intuition that Quentin Dunbar was a firecracker that Quentin Dunbar was not going to be a long-term culture builder, that Quentin Dunbar was not going to be a good fit moving long-term with this organization. So when they told him flat out right away, hey, we're not giving you a contract extension and we're not giving you a raise. We want to get to know you first. We want to see how you fit. That was kind of like the test. Oh, wait a second. So we're going to tell you this, and then you're either going to be a professional and go about it and do your work, and we may keep you, and we may trade you, or you can be a dummy and go fire off tweets and all sorts of social media and tell Josina Anderson uh, and God knows who else that you want out, that you want to trade, that you're upset, all this stuff, and the Redskins just set the trap, and Quentin Dunbar walked right in it. Now, listen, he wound up in a really good spot for himself in Seattle. That's a really good spot for himself. But how in the world do you, whether you're Seattle or any other team, how in the world do you just buy in and give this guy a four or five-year contract 
you know, worth 10, 12, 13 million dollars a year, which is what he's probably going to want as a free agent. And oh, by the way, what he's probably what he probably was going to get. I mean, if Kendall Fuller got four years and 40 million, you know, you have to figure Quentin Dunbar is going to be somewhere in that range, give or take, depending on how this year works out. Well, now he may have just caused himself that long-term deal. Now he might have to settle for a one-year deal if he's lucky enough to stay out of jail and if he's lucky enough to even get that, quite honestly. So, look, this isn't the Redskins' problem anymore. The Redskins showed some common sense, some intuition, uh, and some ability to kind of forecast a problem and a situation that was not going to get better. And for that, they deserve a lot of credit, quite honestly. Because Quentin Dunbar almost was the Redskins' problem. Quentin Dunbar is no longer the Redskins' problem. So that's a good thing. All right, I'm Chris Russell. Have a great rest of the weekend. We will talk to you early next week right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We're presented by Built Bar. That's right. I forgot to tell you guys about Built Bar today. Don't forget about Built Bar. Go out and get yourself a box of chocolate peanut butter bars. Oh, so good. $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com if you use the word, the promo code locked on. That's right. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on and you will save and thank me later. Have a great weekend. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.